Good morning. Wasn't that brilliant? Brilliant praise, brilliant worship. God is good. Amen. It's the one thing I know that God is good. You know, I was um, I was with this couple the other night, and uh, myself and Sharon, my wife, and um, there was another couple in the room, and there were six of us in total, sorry, around the table. And we got talking about life and about what life brings and what life doesn't bring and the mistakes we make and the brokenness that we all carry. And from the beginning of time, well not the beginning of time, when Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden disobeyed God and, and were put out of the garden because of their rebellion and their sin and disobedience. From that time on, you know, a brokenness and a trauma entered into mankind that only God himself could remedy and fix. And Adam and Eve, legend has it, just legend. The Bible says, before I get the legend, the, um, the Bible says that Adam and Eve was put out of the garden. And there was, an, there was angels with flaming swords put into guard so they'd never come back in. And there's a whole reason for that that we won't say this morning, right? But, um, but legend then has it that in, in the history books somewhere that they say that Adam and Eve went and sat in a cave. And they sat in this cave and they, they were sitting facing each other, as the legend says, for even hundreds of years. Because people lived a lot longer then. And they held all that, all that time they held their head in their hands. And every now and then, without saying a word, they'd look up at each other and shake their head like this. And just put their head back down into their hands. Because they realised the trauma of being expelled from paradise and the presence of God. And that brokenness entered into all humanity that was then and was to come. And that's where it all comes from. And while I was in this room, that, uh, and listening to our stories, I sat back and I was just listening to stuff that you don't even know how we survive as humans. And I thought to myself, no wonder God has compassion on us. That we're in such a state that he, he doesn't look and condemn us. He looks at us and looks at us with compassion because he knows where this came from. And the good news is he sent Jesus. That's how committed to being compassionate to us he is. God doesn't look at you and condemn you. God looks at mankind with compassion. He looks at us and says, I see your state, I see your brokenness, I see your, your mistakes, I see your sin, I see your failures, I see what was done to you, I see what you've done to others, I see the way you look at yourself. And my response to that was to give my only begotten son. And Jesus says, I didn't come to the world to condemn the world. I came to the world so the world could be saved. So the world could know the compassion of God upon humanity, the forgiveness of sin, the the, the acceptance of the Father, to be put back in the place that Adam and Eve were poured out of. Jesus now was the door that says, come on in. And whoever believes, he gives the right to be called sons and daughters of God. And, 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 and that plays out. I was sitting there, I was marvelled at it. I was marvelled at it. So if you hear somebody banging their fists and saying, God wants to get you. It's not in the Bible. God's anger was taken out of Jesus. Everything that we deserve he took. He gets punishment, we get peace. That's, that's God's heart towards us. And if we don't know that compassion, see, I can have a compassion on a guy that's probably laying on the street in bits, say. When I know the compassion of God for me, 
I should be showing it to others. But sometimes I skip somebody. I skip me. Sometimes I'm, my, I'm worse than me than anyone else could be. But see, when I know the compassion of God, I'm able to be compassionate towards now. And you will be able to be compassionate towards you. Instead of constantly beating yourself up, constantly putting yourself down, constantly longing for something that's destructive in our lives, that when we know this compassion, we will be able to live in a whole way that we will be truly be able to compassionate, be compassionate to other people. So we'll just close our eyes for a moment. And I ask, Father, that you would show every person how compassionate you are towards us. You declared it about your own name with Moses. I'm the Lord, the Lord. Compassionate and gracious God. Slow to anger and abounding in love. Rich in mercy, forgiving wickedness and sin from generation to generation. You say it in the Psalms, Lord. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Slow to anger and abounding in love. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he's removed their sins from us. And as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. He crowns you. He crowns you with compassion. That's what his word says. He places upon, upon you like a crown. This person is a recipient of my compassion. And I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be liberated. That we would not set ourselves up any longer as a judge higher than you. If you say I'm forgiven, I'm accepting it. If you're saying that you're compassionate towards me, I'm accepting it. We don't only believe these things. God is not someone just to be believed in. He's someone to be experienced So Lord, we not only believe, but we receive this compassion. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to look at this scripture. This is from our reading, I think it was last week. And uh, this, give you a bit of background of this, what we're going to read. Um, King David is um, coming to the end of his reign, and he's coming to the end of... Not only his reign, but he wanted to set in his. He said in to the Lord, "I want to build a temple for you, a palace for you." And the Lord says, "I'm glad you want to do it, David, but I don't want you to do it." <laughs> There's a response for you. Good idea, but you're not doing it. And uh, and there was a reason for that, because he said, "There's much blood on your hands, David." And he said, "But I want your son Solomon to do it." So he put everything in place for this temple to be built. And his son Solomon, he, he had something like 30, 37,775 tons of gold. So there's, there you go. I looked it up during the week. I can't remember how many billions it was. I think it was $353 billion worth of gold. gold. And that was only the gold. That's not without the silver and all the wood and, and all the, everything. And he set it all up. And he calls Solomon to himself, the son, and he called all the leaders of Israel to himself. And this is what he says to them, what, what I'm going to read. It's behind me there if you can read it. He says, now determine in your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. Get started building the Lord God's sanctuary so that you may bring the ark of the Lord's covenant and the holy articles of God's temple to the temple that is to be built for the name of the Lord. 
The NIV says the same scripture, 20, 1 Chronicles 22 19. The NIV says, um, Now devote your heart and soul to seeking the Lord. And the one that I like and that um, I want to talk from today is it says in 1 Chronicles 22 19 from the New American Standard Bible, Now set your heart and seek and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Then arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord, so that you may bring the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God, of the covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God into the house that is to be built for the name of the Lord. He says, now set your heart. And just a few little things that we're not going to set on board. But this is, is like, devote your heart, be determined, set your heart and soul to seek the Lord. That's the number one thing, is seeking the Lord. Seek the Lord with all your heart and all your mind. He will be found by you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. He's the first. Don't start with church. Don't start with people. Don't start with programs. Don't start with, with, with anything else or anyone else. Seek the Lord. David didn't say, seek my writings. He says, seek the Lord. And then arise and build. Don't try to build something without the Lord leading it. And what is it for? It's to see his glory. The Ark of the Covenant. Those three things. But he says this. To set your heart. And I want to just talk about that little word. Set. Set your heart. It's so important. What does it even mean to set something? It means to, to commit to something. To dedicate. To establish. To fasten yourself to something. To pledge. To yield. To wholly give yourselves to something. You know this little building there. That's behind us. It used to be the tallest building in the world. In Guadalupe or something like that. Is it Guadalupe? It's a funny word to say. And uh, it's called the Patronus Buildings. And uh, they were the highest in the world. It was in the Die Hard movie, was it? Was it in one of them? No. It was in something. It was in some movie, wasn't it? Mission Impossible. And it was also in the one, uh, that other movie that Andy likes. Anyway, it's famous. And look how tall it is, right? And look how much can be done in this building. But unless there was cement set, under the ground, there was no building what we see. Like the cement has to be set. So I just do this next slide. It has cement set in that, It's like that's what it means to set your heart, to solidify something inside of you, to be determined that wherever you're going to set your life to, that something can be built upon, and in our case, that God can build something out of our lives that brings glory to Him. But if it's not set, if we don't set it in our heart, if, there's no, if there was no commitment to put a foundation and leaving the cement to set, there would be no big building for us to see. To set in your heart means to make a choice. To set the, let the, the die be cast. To set in your heart means to give your life to a greater decided purpose. And when you set in your heart, when you set something in your heart, when you set to seek the Lord, and the Lord to build into your life and out from your life to bring glory to Him, when you set that, it puts parameters in your life that you don't have to go outside of. What do I mean by that? If you set in your heart to seek God, that setting in your heart becomes a parameter. Like in my car, it's a bit fancy. They used to have them all in airplanes. It's like... Um, like autopilot. I used to think autopilot meant, I don't know about you, that like I used to think what they say, you know, put it on autopilot, it meant that like the plane, you know, blows itself and lands itself and all that. And it doesn't do that. And it's like I have this in my car, and I'm sure some of you have, you press this little button, and these two parameter lines come up in my, on my screen. 
And what it means is, it's the same as all the point, that I could be going on a straight road, especially over long distance, and you know you, you sort of get a bit tired and you, you go to the right. Mike, if I go too far to the right and come out of that parameter, my car goes beep, beep, beep. And the same, that's what the autopilot is. It's set on its course. It's determined where it's going. It's set where it's going. But if the plane, for some reason, starts to veer off to the right or veer off to the left, and if it goes too far out, a sound comes to say, no, you're gone off track. Pull it back into the middle. That's what it means to set your heart. It doesn't mean you're not going to veer to the left or veer to the right, but you've already something solidified in you that I belong to Jesus. I'm going somewhere with Jesus, and these parameters will keep me in good stead. To set your heart means that no matter what, what comes my way, no matter what comes along in the adventure of following God, I'm still going to go. No matter what storms come in my life, that I'm going to still go on. Because if you don't set it before the storms come, you're going to be blown here and there. You have to make the decisions now that will keep you when the storms come. And unfortunately, they do come, and they will come. You're either in a storm today, or you're just after coming out of one, or you're probably on your way into one. That's the way life is. Sorry. If you don't know that already, but everyone does, I know where your face. Some of you are weather better. But if you don't say, you won't be kept. You set in your heart. I remember when I became a Christian, which is 33 years ago now, 22nd of March 1989, Tuesday night in National Stadium in Dublin. If you don't know that, I'll say it enough times because that's the question you're going to be asked before you get into heaven. When did Noel get saved? <laughs> it's not like, what did you do with Jesus? 22nd of March, remember this, 22nd of March 1989. I was 22 years of age. And that night I set in my heart on following this king. I didn't know anything about him. Living in Dolphins Barn, everyone dying around me. Friends, family, everyone addicted to something or other. Going to a funeral every day. The slagging that comes when you become a Christian in that place. But I said, on that night, I'm giving my life to Jesus for real. I'm not going to play Mickey Mouse Christianity. I'm not going to wander here and there. I'm set. I set something in my life. Without knowing this language, I know this language now. But that's what I did. Because I was soon tested when I went back to the flats the next day. And my friend says to me, I heard you became a Christian last night or a born againer. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Because I set. I was able to, I was able to withstand. Do you know what people are like when they slag it? Or two brothers come up, stone out on mala on, on hash. And you know what people are like when they're slagging you with, with, on weed or hash? I don't know on weed, but on hash. It's like to get a new level of slagging. It's like a whole new level. And I sit there having to endure it all. I says, I'm following Jesus. Because I determined in my heart. I said it in my heart that I was going to follow him. And when the storms came, and they do come, whether you're one year a Christian or one week a Christian or, or, or one, one decade a Christian, they come. But when you've decided in your heart, yeah, you might go that way, yeah, you might veer that way, yeah, you might be angry, yeah, you might be confused, yeah, you might be frustrated, all them things, but you get pulled back into the middle to following Jesus. Why? Because you've set your heart. You have to set your heart. When I became a Christian, people that I became a Christian with went back to heroin, went back to living their old ways. But I tell you, I didn't. I tell you why. Not because I'm any greater or faced any less temptation, but I set in my heart. I'm following Jesus. When people are poking at me and pointing at me, where's your God now? I don't know. Right or left. 
But I set my heart to, to determine that he's good in my life. And he's a good God. And when I don't know what's going on, I set, I go into my parameters. Because I've set them. But if I haven't set them, you can be talked out and talked out that way. And talked into something, believing lies. But when you set your hearts, there's some solidity that comes into your life. When my first brother died of, of, of HIV AIDS, there was something set in my heart. When my second brother died, there was something set in my heart. When my poor brother was found on the street because he OD'd on the street and dying on the middle of a road. Though I was confused, though I didn't know what was happening, though I was angry with life, though I was, though I was even angry with God. But my parameters were set that kept me in good stead. And God comes into them parameters in ways that like, you can never imagine. I remember when my brother Mark was found on a street, James's street. And I went to church, I was preaching that morning. We found out just a few minutes before I left for church. I was preaching on this. Who are you bringing to heaven with you? And Sharon, my wife, says, you can't go in and preach now, no. I said, Sharon, if I ever need to preach, I need to preach this morning. If ever, my brother's gone. Who are you bringing to heaven with you? What a statement. I'll tell you where they came from. My daughter was working in the lighthouse. And a fella called Daniel became a Christian in the lighthouse. A homeless dad. Him and his girlfriend got two Bibles and was reading it in the doorway where they were sleeping in town. He came in the next day to, to the lighthouse. And Daniel says to my daughter, Erica, Erica, my mission in life, pointing at a friend of his, is to make sure my friend gets to heaven. A day old. That's where that sermon came from. And now a couple of days later, I'm, I'm, I'm like, Sharon, I have to. We didn't tell this congregation what had happened. We went in and I got up to preach after a couple of songs. Got up to preach. And everyone in the congregation was crying without anyone knowing that. They, were, they said afterwards that, were you there? They said that, like, motions was coming out of my elbows and out of my ears. Like, I don't know what was going on. Because nobody knew I got into the car. A voice says to me, which wasn't God. It was a devil. Oh, you have your brother with me in hell. Remember going up to the going up to the um, to the mortuary where my family were, looking at my brother Mark, doing his funeral like a couple of days later, keeping everything together for my family's sake. For every night, holding my head in my hands with that thought, Lord, where is he? I know Mark felt the presence of the Lord at my wedding, but no other, no other um, context, no grid to put him through, because I could say that about my other brothers that died. Nothing. I don't know how long it was. It could have been months, I think it was. Every night. Nobody knew. I fell asleep when my body couldn't stay awake. You know that feeling? And you wake up with this hollow emptiness inside you because you've been up half the night and your body doesn't know what's going on. That was happening forever. What I felt like forever. And one night, but my parameters were set. I'd set my heart that God is good. I'd already set that many years ago. I said it in my heart. And a girl out of the church, Claudia, was, she sent, in the middle of the night, she sent me a message on Messenger. Now, I get up in the middle of the night to pray because my family, my, fella, my husband doesn't like me praying and I get up and I don't want to wake the kids and I get up in the middle of the night and I pray. And she says, uh, I was praying in tongues. Thank God for tongues. Never let anyone rob you of baptism of the Holy Spirit and expression of speaking in tongues amongst all the other things. She said, I was praying in tongues. And she says, and the Lord showed me a picture of you. Nobody knew anything. She said, you were sitting there with your head in your hands like you're looking for an answer to a question. 
And she said, I started to pray deeper in tongues. I thought that meant louder. So I don't know, you know, if she was here, but she, and she says, and out of my spirit, out of the innermost being of him, where the spirit of God lives, these words kept coming out. Tell Noel Kenny, I have his brother with me. Tell Noel Kenny, I have his brother with me. And see, when I read that, I, I was in bed, but it's like an, another duvet came over the duvet of shalom, of the peace of God, of the wholeness of God that prospers your soul and you in every way, came over me. I lay there like I was in an ecstasy of absolute happiness and his ecstasy or, or, and joy that came over that my brother Mark why? because somewhere in my life I set God as my stead I set God as my portion and even in the midst of everything that I was confused I didn't know what was happening there's another one gone the devil's speaking in my ear oh you have it with me God says oh you have other things in store no because somewhere in my heart when others was walking away in Jesus I set in my heart and I tell you guys and especially the guys that are new and tiggling and newer here. And when you're younger, oh, it doesn't matter. That was only four or five years ago with me, brother Mark. It doesn't matter. Storm is here. But if you don't set in your heart, I'm telling you, people are going to leave that center. But if you set in your heart, I'm not. I don't care who is. I'm not. And that could be somebody saying that because nobody experiences, doesn't get to experience this. We all might be in the centre and take lane, but I guarantee you there's people you have to say, it doesn't matter if they go, I'm staying. I'm following Jesus. See, he honours it. What did he do through Claudia? I know he honoured that I'd set already in my heart. So set today that you're gonna be a worshipper. See, Jesus says to the woman at the well, my father's not looking for, he didn't say my father's looking for pastors, evangelists, tigling workers, or anything that you can imagine that is he said, My father is looking for worshippers. Those who will worship in spirit and truth. And see when you said, look Rob started it off, didn't he? He started it off by saying, like millions of things you can do and it doesn't stop the head melting. But worship stops it. And if you learn how to do certain things in worship, see the way I play my guitar. I don't know how you play yours. But if you learn how to do certain things, there's a Hebrew word for praise called Barak. And it means to bow down. Psalm 56, it says, bow down and worship. Let's kneel before the maker of heaven and earth. And it's to bow down. I'm giving you a key. And in, 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 it means not only just to you know, bow down, but it means to put your head on the ground. You like they used to do in Eastern countries. And you try in the morning, put on a song. You don't have to put on a song. Sing your own song. But if you want to put on a song, and bow Barak before God, right? You put your head on the ground, right? And it's the only position you can be in where your heart is above your head. So if your head is melted, put it on the ground. Lord, I give this to you. I'm going to sing from here. Because this is where you sit. See, your mind can be tossed and torn. Different ideas can come in. Feelings, emotions can come in. But you set it in your heart. As for me and my household, I'm serving the Lord. See, when you're barack, it means to give honour and glory and credit and value to somebody greater than you. And in the Bible it says this in Genesis 26, I think it was, or 25. When Abraham came down with his son Isaac, he got down, God said to him, As you, um, in your blessing, in your blessing of me, he says, I'm going to bless you. And this is, it's the same word, Barak. As you, Barak, me, bestow honor on me, bestow value on me, worship unto me, I'm going to bestow something back onto you. Why? Because Abraham said in his heart, I'm going to be a worshiper. If you said it, you will do great in life. I have two, these scriptures here. 
think you've been raised before. Set your life on things above. We'll get to that. Oh, just like to this. See, this one says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. This scripture, Sam says, keep, Lord, keep me free from the trap that is set for me. And that one, one I can't read. Oh, yeah, I think we're going to David, free me from the traps that are set for me. Do you know the traps that were set for you that you fell in? Do you know the arguments that come against you? They're set against you and the knowledge of God in your life. If you're not setting something, someone, something is setting something against you. So if you don't set your mind on the things of God, this is what these scriptures say. This one says, Since then we've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. This one over here, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix, make steadfast your thoughts on Jesus. Set your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Romans 8, 8.2 Because through Christ Jesus, the law of, spirit, of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And that other one that I couldn't think of was Romans 8, that I couldn't see, is Romans 8. It says that those who have their heart and mind set on the flesh will do the things the flesh wants. The sinful nature. But those who have their hearts set on the Spirit will do the things the Spirit desires. So we're setting our lives on something and I just want to call you today to make a decision to set your life on, on Jesus. Set your life. To set your life that God is good. Determine it now. Determine it now. Don't wait till confusion things come. There's things in my life that, that has caused me to question goodness of God. It's there everywhere. You have to set in your heart. I'm telling you, life can kick you around, can't it? There's a devil that will lie to you. Your own heart will lie to you. But set in your heart, God is good, and it will keep us. It will keep us during the most dreadful things life throws at us. Set in your heart, I'm going to fulfill God's plan for my life. Set in your heart, I'm going to allow him to heal that brokenness that's already healed in his sight. Set in your heart that you're going to walk with him. You're going to seek his face. You're going to know him. You're going to see him. You're going to experience him. Set in your heart that you're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Set it in your heart. Put parameters in. I don't know how. People say, how have you lasted 33 years? I don't know. But all I know is I set things in place. And somehow God has honoured them. Even when I didn't honour them. He honoured them. And brings us in and keeps us steadfast. Let's pray. Set in your heart you're going to walk with joy. Set in your heart. Set it in your heart that you're not going to be someone with slouched shoulders forever. I'm going to push my shoulders back and lift my head up to the hills from where my strength comes from. My strength comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. He who watches over Israel watches over me. He watches my coming in and my going. We know that sleep and the slumbers. He won't let me be scorched in the day by the sun or the pestilence get me in the night. Say yeah. it. Say it. I'm, I, I, I'm encouraging you. I'm, if I could command you, I would. I can't. But I can give you this command. Set your heart to seek the Lord. And get on and build with what he's asked you to build. And see the glory of God be manifest in your life and through your life. 
set in your heart you're going to receive God's healing. Set in your heart you're going to accept his forgiveness. Set in your heart, make him Lord and Saviour now if you've never had, you never have. Set in your heart that the gospel is good news to you. That God gave his only begotten son so that you could become a son or a daughter. And whoever believes in him, doesn't matter background, education, doesn't matter. Whoever believes in him shall not die but have everlasting life. Set that in your heart today. Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Thank you for forgiveness of sin. I accept it. Thank you for filling me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for writing my names in your book, Lord. Maybe it's some way of reacting to God or responding, not reacting, responding to God. Just determining the heart what you need to say. It might be anything I mentioned, but the Holy Spirit just breaks something for you that's not being mentioned. That's the way he works. So if anything came to your mind, regarding certain things towards God, it most likely was him. So settle that right now. Settle that right now. Maybe Rob Matrice could come back and we could end with a beautiful worship song about Jesus. But as a way of response, just before God, if you've said something, there's no one looking, there's none of that lark here. But something doesn't just happen in the kingdom. I need you to know that. You know you see things on Facebook, something good's going to come your way today. What a load of baloney. How is it going to come your way? Who's bringing it your way? What's the attachment to that? Just people making clever things up without any power. The Bible says that you sow. The Bible says you step out in faith. By faith you receive things by God. By faith. That's the, that's the I don't know what word to use. Like, that's the economy of the kingdom. That's like, I haven't received yet, but because of who God is and his nature, I'm believing it's coming my way. Because he's good. And he only brings good things in. And he keeps me through hard times and brings his goodness to shine through it. That's, that's how you get things in the kingdom. You sow, you reap. That's the kingdom stuff. You pray, you seek, you will, it will be found. You knock, the door will be open. No, no knocking, no door opening. <laughs> no seeking, no finding. No asking, no receiving. It's, 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 you're stepping out in faith every time you do the ask. Every time you knock, you're stepping out in faith all the time. And that's what God responds to. It's by faith, Hebrews 11. By faith, by faith, by faith. You read all the great men and women of the Bible. By faith, by faith. They believed God. <coughs> so by faith, if you're settling something in your heart, before we all stand, but could you just stand before God? You say, God, I'm settling this now. I'm settling this now. I'm, I'm walking with Jesus. And listen, if you walk it out, he'll work it out. Don't try to do the walking before you do the walking. Just start walking. Go on, that's what he said to Abraham. Just walk. Where am I going? I'll tell you when you get there. Thank you, Lord. And uh, even though I was standing, I'm still I'm standing for something I'm believing and stepping into and setting my heart towards. There's language in the Bible, set your face like flint. Here we are, Lord. Here we are, Lord. I just love your compassion towards us, Lord. 
I love, Lord God, that you bring healing and freedom. Answers, oh God. I heard a man preach a couple of weeks ago. He was so angry with God. He went out to a, a, into a field. He said, God, you're trying to kill me. And he had all these things. Carter Conlon was from New York Church. And he was in Dublin there a couple of weeks ago. And I went and he says, God, you're trying to kill me. And he had all these questions. And he was roaring them out to God. And God answered them. You know what God said to him? Carter, I love you. He said, I had about 50 questions. And one answer from God answered the 50 questions. Settled everything in my heart. God, speak to us. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Liberate us, Father God. As we set our hearts to seek you, Lord. As our number one, O God. You will and I will never be disappointed with what we find in him. Lord, help us to fix our eyes on you. Lord, when we're going out of our parameters that we've set, thank you that you've given us the Holy Spirit that keeps us in the parameters, Lord. That convicts us, Lord God. That convinces us, Lord God. To, to come back in, to, to center again. To fix our eyes upon Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You didn't leave us as orphans. Thank you that you didn't leave us in with our own devices. You gave us the Holy Spirit. And we say, Lord, Holy Spirit, come. And bring to pass in our life all that you want to bring to pass in our life. If there's nothing for us, something that we're after that's not for us, Lord, we don't want it, Lord. Even if we think we want it, we reject it. We say, Lord, we're setting our heart on what you want. Your plan, your purpose for our lives. And when I get to heaven, I've set my heart to hear, well done, good and faithful sir. That's where I've set my heart to hear. And as I walk this earth, I've set my heart to be a blessing to people that I meet along the way. When I was coming out here today, whether it was here or going to Donegal to speak, my prayer is, Lord, let me be a blessing. I've set my heart to be a blessing. I haven't set my heart to be an antagonist. I haven't set my heart to be a thwart. I haven't set my heart to be a cranky person. I've set my heart to be a blessing. And I was set that parameter. See, when I come out of that, he brings me in. No, you didn't bless that person with that attitude, did you? Sorry, Lord. I'm back in. See the way it works? So, Lord, I bless your people. As we barack today, that you will pour out your barack upon us, your value upon us, Lord. The value you placed upon us was yourself going to a cross, taking our sin upon yourself so that we could go free, to be able to be free to who you made us to be, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Come on, just thank you now. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. I speak over your life the blessings of Almighty God. That the Lord does bless you. Open our eyes to see them, Lord. And he does keep you. Open our mouths to thank you for keeping us. And he does cause his face to shine upon us. Thank you, Lord, that we reflect your, your glory into the earth. He lifts up his countenance upon you. And he grants you shalom. He gives it to you. Peace that brings wholeness and completeness and prosperity. And we say, Amen.
So be it, Lord. Let's sing out to the Lord. Sings a couple of hours of seven minutes. Yeah. Let's see here, Jesus. Feel the morning when I just reminded of something the Lord said to me this morning. I mentioned my brother Mark and um, I was at a wedding last Friday and my sister was there and uh, she looked, or I don't know what I was doing but she says, no, I have a, wa- I have a lovely watch. You, what did she say? I have a lovely watch that would go with your wrists lovely. I'm like, John, why are you talking about it? Somehow she looked at my wrists and said, and uh, she told me this story a couple of weeks ago. She met Mark's wife. He was also an addiction. And she says, I have a watch belong to Mark. And John says, could I have it, my sister? And on the back of it, it's, it was, it was given to him when he was 21. And uh, he died when he was 45, was it? No. Anyway, it's 21 years old. And we were shocked that he never sold it in addiction or got rid of it upon the and this morning when I was coming out I put it on <laughs> and I just felt the Lord saying addiction didn't take everything now and Mark is with me there's something on earth to remember him boy I just thought Lord how good you are he restores the years locusty see even the night time that's been robbed he restores that with the rest that comes from him I just thank you, Lord. I want to prophesy that over every life. I'm telling you, God will give you back the years that were stolen. Amen. The years that He gave, that you gave away. The years that were robbed. The sleepless nights. The head-melting moments. He gives it back to you. Not only tenfold, but twentyfold, even a hundredfold in the name of Jesus. That He won't allow the enemy have the last say. He won't allow, because He has the last say over your life and over my life. He won't allow him. It's just like not in His nature. 
to allow the enemy to have a laugh over you or a say over you because his blood speaks louder than anything else that has been brought into our lives. And we just say, thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord God. We're going to seek you, Lord. We're going to set our hearts to seek you, Lord. And I pray, would you just open your hands like you're going to receive something? Because that's faith. It's like, I haven't got it in my hands, but I'm going to receive something. I, re- I receive, we received this morning, Lord, beauty instead of ashes. Hallelujah, Lord. Relationships that were broken, we received them back into our lives, oh God. Homes that were lost. Homes that are needed, Lord. We received them. Let's sing it again. Give me Jesus.